Hello, and welcome to the next episode of Simon Says Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. I'm your host, Al Simon, with Sandler. And on our show, Simon Says Let's Talk Business, we engage with high-performing business professionals, and we're looking to sharpen our skills and learn new ideas and concepts, share best practices, and get to know really smart people that can help each other. So listen carefully, take notes, and look for our guest's contact information at the end of each half segment. And uh, that way you can get in touch with them if you want to, and I'm sure you're going to want to. And as always, we'll end the show with a little sales tip from me uh, in our Ask Al segment. All right, so I'm pumped today. We've got two great guests, both of whom are clients of ours, which is always nice. Yeah, so, so we have uh, J.C. Laurent, the uh, CEO of Pennon Partners. Welcome, yeah. J.C. Thank you very much for having me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah, we're, we're pumped to have you with us. Uh, J.C.'s firm does uh, consulting for strategy execution business transformation. Our other guest that we'll start with is Tim Yoder. Tim is the owner uh, and president of Duratech Roofing Solutions. Welcome. Thank you. Good to be here and good to be on air with you guys. Absolutely. So two different kinds of businesses, both uh, running very, very well, using best practices, doing great stuff. So there's going to be some great ideas today. So y'all going to want to listen carefully and take some notes. So, Tim, Duratech Roofing Solutions, uh, commercial roofing, uh, commercial roofing company, right? Specializing in especially yes. coatings and restoration. Yes. In all of Georgia, right? Not just Metro Atlanta. Is that what I understand? Yes, we cover all of Georgia. That's okay. right, and even into some of the surrounding states. Yeah. All right. So, you obviously did not start yesterday. <laughs> How did you get started in this <laughs> in this business? Yes. Yeah, so. I actually, it's kind of an interesting story, to be honest with you. We actually, I was a foreman on another crew. I mean, I've been in the construction industry since I was 16, 15, 16 years old. Yeah. Don't, child labor laws, whatever. Yeah, well, I'm sure <laughs> you were at least 18. Yeah, I, was a, I was 18. We'll just say I was 18. Okay, that Anyways, um, I was in that for about... Uh, yeah, I was approximately, you know, whatever, X amount of years. I don't even yeah. know how many ex it was exactly. And I was the foreman, and we had, we were doing the same uh, same systems we're doing now, same type of work and everything. And I was feeling the need to branch out, feeling the need to start my own thing. And the foreman or the owner of that company was like, "Hey, you know what? There's a need for this, for this in Georgia where you're going to. So we're gonna, I'll help you get started if that's what you want to do." And so I just I jumped in feet first. Yeah. I mean, I didn't know what I was going, what I was gonna gonna get into, but I'm glad I did. And yes. yeah, we started in, we started in, and we never looked back. It's been it's been good ever since. That's awesome. With you. Yeah, I think that's the best way to go. Just jump in, right? Absolutely. If you, if you overthink it, it, it'll yeah. Don't dip your toes in it. Yeah. Just jump in. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. That's great. Good for you. Yeah. It's it's it. and business ownership is a risk, no doubt. Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, well, hey, when you're young, well, even me, I started when we were 46. I, I started this business when I was 46. I wasn't even young. But you know what? You got to have that. Hey, what do you got to lose, right? Just go for That's it. That's right. Yeah. That's good right. for you. Awesome. So tell us about Duratech and why you might be a little bit different than the other uh, kinds of companies in your industry. Yeah. So a lot of our, a lot of our systems are. Um, they're a little bit designed for more of a restoration type of systems. We do, you know, metal roof restorations. We do um, 
flat roofs. We do like these re-roofs, a lot of that, that kind of stuff. What sets us apart is the fact that a lot of our systems, we don't need to use, we don't need to do tear-offs with them. We don't need to do, which tear-offs, okay, jump back to the tear-offs thing. Okay. The tear-offs, that kind of, you know, as you know, it's expensive. There's a lot of labor involved. Um, you have you have all the disposal fees. You have all the disposal of that of the at the at the dumps. Yes, it, it's a lot of waste. It's not necessary. Not if really? you got one layer of roof. Now code code you can't do two layers of roof, and that's a lot of what our systems consist of. Is okay. doing that type of work right there, saving roofs for people. A lot of companies they want to go in and just do okay. We got to do X amount, tear off everything, and redo new. Yeah, you don't have to. It saves the customer a lot of money. It saves you a lot of headache. It saves um, on the disposal end of it. it saves waste. And so it's a win-win. It's yeah. a win-win. And what we focus a lot on um, is is the fact of doing service and quality. I tell people there's three things in roofing, and that's price, service, and quality. Okay. I say we focus on service and quality. We try to, and if you focus on service, your price is going to be fair. All right. But then it also makes you to where you can actually focus on service and quality versus price. Let me back up a minute because uh, how does a facility manager or an owner of a building know that they need your services? I mean, they don't have to have water coming in, do they? I mean, usually I, that's how they find out. Is that how they find out? There's <laughs> yes. a leak, right? <laughs> we have a leak. Yes. Yeah. Very few business owners and building owners are proactive. And I'm not, this is not, this is not dissing them at all. And yeah. they're, they spend their time in the offices. They spend their time in their businesses. They're right. not looking, they're not up on the roof. So them being proactive, that happens very seldom. We get on a few roofs that are that way, but most of them are stuff that has been leaking. They have been issues. And so we're actually doing some repair before we do in the roof. Right. So that, that would be the benefit of catching it. Actually, what you say, being proactive, right? Is that there's no repair necessary? Yes. Just the coating. Yes, uh, yeah, okay. and that's and and when when we're proactive, when we proactive, that's when we bring maintenance in later. Okay, okay. Well, we usually do maintenance on a roof, and we actually do ma- a lot of maintenance contracts. Okay. On so, that. is it fair to say that a lot of commercial buildings need your help but don't know it yet? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Here's the here's the interesting fact of about a hundred, uh, about ninety percent of the roofs that are out there currently are leaking or starting to leak, and really? that's that's actual statistics there wow so a new commercial building let's say it's brand new yep how long would it, would that roof typically last it depends a little bit on the system but if most yeah. of those new builds are tpo and tpo roofs you're looking at 10 years max at that really? point at that point they're starting to look there's i say max at that point they're starting to deteriorate is what i should say okay and then at 15 years you're gonna have to do something about it for sure. Okay. So that's there's not a whole lot of long long life in a TPO roof to be honest with you. I got to believe that's going to that those numbers come as a shock to most people. Oh yes. Oh yes, most people don't really even realize that they're like, "What?" Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking 2030, you know, just I, I don't even know, but I, that would be my assumption. You see that every now and then, yeah. but seldom. Okay. Seldom. All right. Well, that's good to know. Okay, so then, sorry, so you, all right, so back to what you were saying about, about service, quality, and price. You focus on quality and service. So, um, so let's talk about that quality. You've, you've got this reputable product, this coating. Um, how important is that, really? 
in uh, commercial roofing? It's very important. For starters, for starters, you want to be working with a company that is using proven products. Um, we, work with, we work with Conklin Roofing Systems. And if you're familiar with the Conklin, Conklin at all, their systems. I've heard of it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so you do, you do know about them. But they focus on quality, and that is, that is essential, very essential, because here's, here's the thing. We worked with a company before. Um, I'm not going to name any names on on the company that was that we worked. Yeah, with. Yeah, this is being recorded, so you better yes, be careful. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, exactly. We already know that you started working when you were 14. So <laughs> I'll be careful here how much I say. <laughs> but um, we worked with this company, and the quality of the products was terrible. It looked mm-hmm. great when we got done with the job. It looked great, but give it two years down the road. We were on this project. We were on these projects trying to fix leaks. Ah. Um, product was cracking. Yep. Yep. Makes okay. it worse. Makes it worse than the original sp- product that was on the roof. And so I would call the company back and be like, hey, we're having these issues. We are certified with you guys. What is happening? We're trained. We're certified. The jobs are getting done right. And they had they sent their guys out and said, yeah, it's it's a the jobs are getting done right. They watched us. They actually were on a job with a couple jobs with us watching us do them. And they were like, everything's right. You guys are doing everything right. We were having issues, and they would not stand behind the product. It's just poor product. Yeah. Poor product. Wow. And the customer service, when it came down to it, the customer service, they, it was it was terrible. Yeah. So we switched, and and that was when that was when I um, we found Conklin, and we actually signed up with Conklin, okay. and we got trained and certified with them. It is absolutely unbelievable. They will be there for us. I have never had to submit a warranty claim for them in the what it has what is this about six years that we've been using them now okay never had to submit a warranty claim they were the first company to come out in the world to come out with an acrylic coating they were Mm. the first ever they pioneered they pioneered that um it's an acrylic coating as well um so you know just keep just those those bases there working with a company that has quality and service is going to save you money in the long term i have been on so many roofs that had the quality has not been there and you go down the road maybe five ten years they end up spending x amount of dollars that is that is maybe twice what they spent in the to start with because all that product has to come off at that point mm-hmm. and it is just it's a nightmare and they end up spending two or three times the amount of money that they would have originally yeah of course and that's not that's going to lead to someone who will never use you again yes and exactly and it'll tell everybody else they know how bad it is exactly and yeah. plus you don't have anything the the poor building owner he has got nothing he got nothing but yeah. he's out of x amount of dollars that's awful and it's just it's terrible yeah well you know what i, I i'm sure it's re- it's really bad in your industry but i find that that concept is pretty prevalent in all industries you know if you focus on price you're going you're going to get probably cor- poor quality and probably poor customer service or both just and it's getting happen. worse yeah it's not going to get better it's going to get worse before yeah. it gets better and yeah. so that's why I always said. That's why I always tell my guys. If you know, if we have, if we focus on quality here, if we focus on service, it's it sets it sets us completely apart from the industry. Yeah, I'm sure it does. And speaking of service, uh, you, you mentioned, of course, Conklin's good at customer service, but you, Doratech, you're also good at customer service. Mm-hmm. Maintain those relationships. How, how do you do that? One of the one of the big things we do is implementing maintenance contracts, and we touched on this a little bit on the. On the 
little bit ago, I don't know how long, how far back we touched on maintenance contracts a little bit. Yeah. But all our projects that we do, we carry a one-year labor warranty. And this is going into a little bit of detail, but we carry a one-year labor warranty. And the reason for that is we want, we push our customers to sign a maintenance contract. And the reason for that is that gets us on this roof, focused on service. We build that relationship with the customer. We are there for them through all this time. Um, if something goes wrong, if something goes wrong in that, if something was done wrong, because we're human, mm-hmm. if something goes wrong because of human error, it's going to happen in that first year because that puts you through all seasons of weather. Yes. And so we're building, when, when we do that, you know, we get the maintenance contract, we get back with the customer, we're on that roof, we're building relationships with the customer, um, we're there for them, and we then we match, we match the warranty, warranty uh, this, the material warranty with the labor warranty when we're doing a yearly maintenance contract. Okay. And here's the other key thing that we do, uh, that a lot of companies, very few companies don't do that. If you're working with us, you usually get something like a plate of cookies or something oh, for hey. Christmas. Okay. Something that builds that relationship. Hey. All right. So do it for the cookies. If do it for else. the cookies yeah. if nothing else. That's yes, right. That's, it. that's a good reason to buy from Duratech is you get cookies. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. But well, the maintenance contract thing, though, is that, is that unusual in your industry? A little bit, yes. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's a new concept that's kind of taken a hold. There's a few companies that do that, but it's starting to take a hold a little bit better. Um, but it's going back to that being proactive thing okay. that we talked about a little bit ago. So this is preventative maintenance. Yes. Okay. Preventative maintenance. And then also, you know, on the projects that we did, we go up there, mm-hmm. we clean the leaves off um, because leaves, dirt, water are detrimental. Which yes. water at that point, we hopefully don't have it standing on the roof at all whatsoever. Yeah. But um, we clean the dirt, we clean the leaves, we clean your gutters, we check problem points there's actually a seven point 17 point list that we go through okay on these pro on each project and check them okay cool but tim i know i know you and i know um that that duratech does great work but really the reason why you are in business is because of some other things right you're you're working in the community yes uh, you're, you're you're taking care of your employees you're yes. all about family and faith tell, tell us about those things yeah so first and foremost, important for me is is, is faith. Um, I believe that we are here for a reason. God put us here for a reason, and I'm a very strong man of faith. Uh, I believe in God, and we are we serve in our local church. Um, that's and then the the next important thing for me is family, and I I have a wife and a kid. He's he's only 17 months old right now, but he's he's a crazy little guy. Is he is he up on the roof yet? I uh, he liked to be. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he'd like to be <laughs> cleaning those leaves off on those PM. Contracts. That's right. Yeah. He would he would love to be. Yeah. But that that is my if you apart from God and why I do what I do just in, in the spiritual level, that is my reason why that and helping others in the community. Um, we reach out to people we help elderly in our community just in and so doing work for charities in the community and stuff is a huge thing for us nice that's great but first and foremost apart from god is my family of course awesome and that's that's what keeps me going i mean my wife and kid they're both at home right now and 
she's a stay-at-home mom, so yeah. she has time to spend with him, and so That's it's good. awesome. It's amazing. That's good. All because you decided to jump in and take a huge risk, and that's right. Put your heart and soul into it, and there you go. Awesome, good stuff. Yes, sir. All right, we've been talking to Tim Yoder, the uh, owner of Duratech Roofing Solutions, and uh, and uh, this is Al Simon with Sandler, and the show is Simon says, "Let's talk business on Business Radio X." And Tim, um, some folks are going to want to talk to you. What's the best way to get a hold of you? There's two ways. Um, the one is go to our website, which is uh, www.duratechroofing.com, and that's D-U-R-A-T-E-C-R-O-O-F-I-N-G.com, and you can sign up, you can fill out the contact us form, or the other way is just give me a call. Um, I'm going to give you my cell phone number because that's that's the best way to get a hold of me, and I've I feel like if you're going to be service, you you should be able to get a hold of the top guys. There you go. And so my my cell phone number is 706-819-2584, and I'm going to repeat that number. It's 706-819-2584. Excellent. Or DuraTechRoofing.com. Yep. Awesome. Thank you, Tim. This is great stuff. Good to know um, that you've got your priorities in order. Good to know that you're focused on service and quality uh, and that the whole reason why you changed to Conklin was because you didn't like bad quality. You wanted happy customers. That's that's awesome. Very, very good. Okay. So that was Tim Yoder with uh, Duratech Rubin Solutions. And uh, our second guest today uh, is uh, J.C. Laurent. Uh, with he's the uh, CEO of Pennant Partners, JC. Welcome. Oh, thank you, Al. JC talks funny because <laughs> he's from France. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and uh, and and uh, started this business here. Um, I guess you started in France, right? Then you came here and continued exactly. doing what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Well, tell us a little bit about Pennant Partners and what you're all about, JC. Yeah. Exactly. So, I created Pennant Partners in 2016. Um, after 20 years of program transformations and, uh, and executive uh, roles. Yes. And the, I created Penon Partners to, um, to really solve the problems about why companies were failing their project transformations to really provide a, a specific solution for them. Right. And uh, so Penon Partners is really helping customers to achieve their operations, IT, and finance projects. That's what uh, we do for our customers. Okay. All right. So, so, yeah, so IT, operations, finance, those areas. Exactly. Okay. And, and, and you, you, you know, I talked before, you shared some, some um, numbers with me. There are um, third-party uh, uh, firms out there that do studies, and you said that 65% of projects fail to achieve their goals. Yes, exactly. That's that an amazingly high number. Really amazing. It's an HBR and Gartner number. Yeah. And that's what we try to, uh, to really reduce in terms of percentage uh, we spin on. And uh, why do these projects fail? Yes, uh, that's a great question. Why? Yeah, <coughs> for many reasons, but I will uh, highlight uh, four of them. So the, the first reason that we could see is based on the relationship between the business and the technical teams. Okay. Uh, many times the project are launched because it's a business need that is behind it right. to improve the revenue, uh, improve the operations, uh, uh, change the way they work. 
and they need IT to contribute to this yeah, project. Yeah, there are systems involved, right? They're, most yeah. of the time. Right. And what, what happens is that they delegate too much to the IT. The accountability, uh, the, the budget, and, uh, and most of the execution. And it, from a business project, it becomes an IT project. Uh-huh. So step by step, the project is deviate from a business goal to an IT goal. And then on meetings and, and with the different stakeholders are talking about uh, IT stuff instead of talking about business. So at the end, um, uh, the IT might succeed their implementation, but the business will not really. Doesn't fix the problem. Exactly. Okay. So uh, that's one, that's the, the main reason, number right. one. And the number two is that there is a, an underestimation uh, of the complexity. Meaning that, oh, it's easy, I'm gonna do this, yeah, we'll fix that. Yeah, we'll crank this out in a couple of months. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. it's easy. Yeah. And especially now with the commercials of new systems on, oh, it's a plug and play, you don't need to develop anything, it's right. gonna be okay. And then um, people trust that, um, they underestimate the complexity of these transformations. And then at the end, um, uh, over cost, over delays, and the frustrations throughout all the journey and at the end, everybody's disappointed and the outcome yeah. is low. Right, and then that's a cascading effect too, right? Or a domino effect, right? Because other things are affected by all those issues as well, right? Exactly. Mm. So uh, it's really uh, the second reason. Yeah. The third one is a lack of communication and alignment between all the stakeholders involved, mm -hmm. uh, especially on big projects. Uh, all the people don't go in the same direction. They don't have same goals. And in fact, they don't compromise to have a common on base goal. Right. So at the end, the project goes in many directions. Right. Uh, and you can fulfill one of the need, but miss an important one for another one. And so it brings uh, political issues and egos on the table. And that's where these problems start failing. Okay. When egos is coming fr in front, uh, you're in a bad situation. Right. Right. So that's the third one. And I would, I would mention another one, we, which are clients have too many projects in the same time. They have the, um, the eyes bigger than the belly. Yeah. That's so my, sound like my, my yeah. mother used to say that to me when I was a exactly. kid. Exactly. Yeah. It's an American yeah. one. Yeah. In, in France, we use another one. <laughs> yeah, but you can't say it now. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, but it's really the similar ideas that yeah. oh I will be able to this, do this do that etc. So in fact they right. are in conflict all the time in terms of priority. Right. It overwhelms uh, the teams and the people, and that at the end uh, you have a risk of delivering only few of them. Right. Uh, so Makes sense. yeah, because you just run out of resource, run out of time, or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Right. Probably run out of money. Yes, yeah. and, and it frustrates a lot of the teams because they have to jump uh, to four or five different projects in the same day, which yeah. is for the brain and for human being really complex That's to hard. manage yeah. for a long run. I'm, I'm going to go back to your third reason yeah. uh, that projects fail. Uh, the one you talk about political agendas, egos, and differing goals. Can you give us a, maybe a high-level peek into how Penon Partners addresses that? Yes, sure. Um, so to, to address the, the egos and to, to solve uh, these problems, it's important to, at the beginning of the project, to, ensure, to uh, listen to all the stakeholders and look at uh, the common base 
uh, of uh, all their needs and make them agree like an upfront contract. Uh, There's a good the thing center. Yeah, exactly, yeah. like an upfront contract. And really throughout all the steps of the project to ensure that Zeus' goals and Zeus' objectives are on the top of mind of everybody. Okay. To not miss them. Okay, so really document well what the objectives are. Document yeah. and monitor and ensure that at all steps of the execution, it's on the top of mind of everybody. Okay, so if someone doesn't like the way it's going, that's gonna be caught early, is what you're saying. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. And mm -hmm. as you know, in, yeah. in quality, when you discover, the sooner you discover a, a deviance, uh, uh, the cheapest right. uh, way is it to solve it. Right. Uh, when you build a car, if you discover at the end of the of the construction that uh, the car is yeah. is damaged, uh, it, it's more costly to to dismount the car and solve the problem that if you discover it at the beginning of the chain. Right. Uh, uh, so that's uh, what we uh, we manage. It's a better monitoring, better listening, and and uh, and really watch that like uh, the milk on the fire. <laughs> It's a French one. <laughs> okay, yeah, I was going to ask you about that. All right, so it seems to me then th that um, that the people who are going to look to work with Penn and Partners have probably had failed projects in the past, right? Exactly. Right? They're, they're not going to be, you know, if they've had nothing but good projects, they don't necessarily see the need to use you, right? Yeah. So it, how do you start these engagements? How do you how do wh how do people end up choosing Penn and Partners? For their, yeah. for their transformation projects. So, so, so they, they, they choose they choose us for um, for the following reasons. The, the first one is that they are annoyed of wasting money on their operational efficiency, yeah. and they are having difficulties, delays, on over cost when they execute their own transformation projects. Right. So they are desperately need for expertise to help them drive and manage the change. Mm -hmm. So that's the first uh, real big reason. The second one is that they have a specific issue on a, on a process, on a department, and they have tried many things to solve it, but they couldn't find it. So they need an expert with a methodology that will diagnose the situation, provide them some recommendations, and make it happen. Mm -hmm. And as you were uh, introducing, we diagnose, we help at the implementation, and we manage the change to ensure that it's, it operates properly. Right. So we are following the, the, the client end-to-end. -end um, so you have a process that you follow to make sure, ensure that, that it's going to work. Exactly. Good. Okay. So that, that's uh, another uh, use case. Yeah. And I would say an, um, another one is when they are having operational efficiency issues on their IT and finance for, um, and they know that they are uh, having over cost mm -hmm. and lower qualities than the competition. And yes. it started to really rise up to the top management as something that annoys the, the and really uh, is a, a competitive disadvantage. Right. They need something to be fixed. Yeah, most companies understand what their gross profit margins should look like. And if yes. they're not seeing those, they got a problem, and they know it. Exactly. Yeah. So that's where we jumped. Okay. And we jumped on customers. Okay. Do you have a specific example you can share with us? Yeah, sure. Um, I will give you one. Um, um, a company was um, 
was having um, big difficulties on their uh, inventory management. And uh, uh, all the figures were, were false uh, completely, uh, so they couldn't manage mm. their cost of goods sold. Okay. And so they, they have tried to, to really find out what was the problem that they couldn't find it. So they called us, okay, can you have a look deeper on what the problem is? So we jumped, we diagnosed all the process, the mapping, and, and identified what was the root cause uh, and closed some doors of things that they thought might have been the problem and opened new ones. So they had a clear vision of, of where was the problem. And after they just had to change some things in the system, some roles between teams, and then after all, boop, the light came. So why were you able to find the issues and they weren't? Were they just too close to it? Or <clears throat> in fact, we, it, it requires methods on time. Okay. And most of the clients and companies don't have a neither of them. Yes. They don't have methods to ask the good questions yeah. and they don't have the expertise and the time to do it. Right. Because they have their opera there are operations to manage. They have a lot of things to do and they they are they don't have the time and the expertise to do it. Yes. That makes sense. Sure does. Um, so and another one I want to just oh to yeah. mention is a uh, which is a bigger one on um, two companies have merged together and they were in need to have someone coordinating all the project to make them work as, as one in all the different areas oh, yeah. of the company. Yes. So operations, IT, finance, uh, sales, um, a business relationship, partnership. So all of these teams um, needed coordination and we jumped for this client and we make them transformed all their uh, value chain, all their organization uh, to really much uh, be connected all together right. and to, uh, to reap the benefits of this acquisition. Right, to get those operational efficiencies they were hoping to get by the merger, but the fact is everybody's got different systems, different processes, and so bring them together. Exactly. Yeah, I've, I've, been, I've been on the wrong side of those things in the past, those, <laughs> those mergers. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah. it's quite tough for yeah. people, uh, yes. and, and it's... Uh, it's an yes. interesting use case. All right. So t give us a little insight into your team. I mean, you've yes. got a team of professionals that are top-notch. They've been around. They know what they're doing. Give us some insights into, the, into your team. Yes. So we are now uh, nine consultants. Uh, and we have uh, um, each consultant as a specialty. Mm -hmm. uh, so three of them are in operations. Uh, three of them in IT and, and three in finance. Okay, equally distributed in your yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, more okay. or less. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, we have some guys that are in both IT and operations, some are in uh, operations and finance, okay. so it's kind of a mix, um, but that's where we play. Uh, okay. All of them are former VP executive leaders um, with consulting skills. So the big thing is that they lived uh, what the client is experiencing. Mm -hmm. So they are really uh, in a great position to know what works and what doesn't work right. to solve the problem. And to what to look for, right, on the diagnosis side, right? They've been, they've been there, done that, so they know what to look for. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And that's really something we emphasize is the quality of the consultants and the quality of the team right. that really will jump to help you. Um, and 
it's kind of a gardener with a blue thumb. You know, they they, yeah. <laughs> they experienced it a lot, so they are, are really fast, and they will tell you uh, recommendations really quickly. It's supposed to be a green thumb? Yeah, green it's thumb. Green thumb? A gardener <laughs> with a green <laughs> thumb. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. It's a French one as well. Okay. <laughs> Well, so that's the main thing. We have other advantages, but really the team, it's what makes the difference. Right, okay. And you've, d you've done this in France, now you're doing it here in the U.S.? Yes. All right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And, and an, another reason why I created Penon is to really help those top leaders give back yeah. to, to clients and to customers because uh, when we are experienced, what is really grateful for a human being is to transfer, is to help right. as well. And, uh, and, and most of them joined Pinon for that right. because they were really willing to help and give back to, to customers as they received in the past. That's great. Got mm -hmm. a theme going on here, quality and giving back. Yeah, exactly. That's good stuff, really good. All right, so this is Al Simon with Sandler, and uh, our show is Simon Says, Let's Talk Business on Business Radio X. And we've been talking with J.C. Laurent, this is Jean Christophe. Exact. Laurent. Uh, JC, as I call him, uh, the CEO of Penon Partners. JC, I appreciate you being with us. If we've got people, and I'm sure we do, that want to contact you, how should, how should they best do that? So they, they can contact me uh, through our website at Penon Partners. So That's Penon Partners is P E N O N partners.com. Okay. Or they can uh, call me directly as well, um, as Tim was, where was mentioning. Uh, let, let's give my, my, my phone number as well. So 404-740-8646. Okay. 404-740-8647. All right. Or Yes. Penon is spelled P-E-N-O-N. Excellent. This is good stuff today. Really good uh, ideas, uh, good business practices. People who get things done and do it right is awesome to have on our show. All right. So, again, this is Al Simon with Sandler. And Simon says, let's talk business. And as always, we will conclude our show today uh, with a sales tip that we call the Ask Al segment. And uh, what we do is we have we have people that uh, have a question about sales or sales management. They email it in to me, and I pick one to share on the air. And so if you have a question you'd like to ask me about sales or sales management, you can email it to al.simon at sandler.com. And uh, today I'm, I've uh, picked a question that, that came from someone called Hillary. Hillary is a sales leader. And uh, here's her question. She says, what is the best way to make sure my team of experienced salespeople are running their sales calls with best practices? When I ask them, how did it go? They always say it was a good call. <laughs> but you're going to love this, JC, because the problem's not fixed, right? But their close rate is not increasing. So that's pretty common. You ask a salesperson, hey, how did that sales call go? They go, yeah, I think it went pretty well. Yeah, I think it was pretty good. And, uh, and, of course, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. And it doesn't necessarily mean the sales professional, as experienced as they are, even really did the right things on the sales call. So, Hillary, here's my advice. First of all, be on some live calls with your people, even your most veteran people. I don't know, maybe once a month, once a quarter, whatever, you know, if they're producing, 
don't assume that they're doing the right way and don't assume that they're producing enough. So uh, be on live calls with them every once in a while. Uh, and uh, secondly, debrief everything. Debrief the calls you were on with them uh, together right after the call and debrief the calls where you weren't with them um, by meeting and talking about it. And, uh, and here's the way to start that debrief. Instead of the question, hey, how did it go? Here's the question. How did it end? Ask that question. How did it end? That way you're going to find out if they were proactive in setting the next step. You, that way you're going to be proactive in, in determining what, uh, you, know, you know, what are the current statuses of these accounts. Uh, and then you can walk back from how it ended to what did they do during the call. You know, really diagnose. And, and, and so you're going to know what they're doing, what's going on, how's it going uh, in their sales calls, even if you weren't there. And then if you have to dig deeper, you can say things like, uh, well, what made you want to do it that way? Or how did you decide to ask that question? Uh, those are, you know, the what questions and the, and, the why, and the how questions are much better than why questions. Why questions sound too personal. They sound like you're, you're questioning the salesperson's abilities, and then they get defensive and it goes haywire. So use what and how questions. And then if you want to uh, change anything at all in the way they're doing things, you can say things like, well, have you considered it this way? Or what scenarios can you imagine where you might want to change it up and do it that way? And that gets them thinking about, about uh, getting out of their comfort zones and, and doing the calls the way they really should be doing their calls. Uh, and then it's always great to use presumptive questions too, Hillary. That what, presumptive questions would be things like, so when you ask them about their budget, what did they say? That's a presumptive question because right, you're presuming they asked about the budget. And you probably would ask that question because you're probably thinking they don't really ask that question. <laughs> you see how that goes? So when the salesperson hears, hears uh, when you ask them about the budget, what did they say? You're going to tell by their answer that they didn't ask the question. Or they're going to say, well, you know, they sort of said blah, 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 blah. And then you know that they're not doing that part of your selling system well. Uh, so presumptive questions are very powerful. So that's the way it is. Start with how did it end? and use what and how questions instead of why questions and be on these calls with your people or debrief them or both. And uh, that's our sales tip for today in our Ask Al segment. Thank you, Tim. Thank you, JC. As always, folks, good selling. <laughs>